Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live once again from the Summerton Community Cuddle of Summerton, Philadelphia. Continuing with our current um, Maharal series, the Maharal on Hanukkah, near Mitzvah. Moving right along over here. So the Maharal has been <coughs> developing and explaining to us the concept of the four Malchias, the four empires, the four evil empires that have sent Klaus respectively into the four Goliaths, the four exiles. And the Maharal has been explaining to us the, the purpose, well not the purpose, the necessity. Why is it that the world, the universe, comes with four empires and four exiles? And the Maharal has established quite clearly and conclusively that it's not a bit of it, it's not incidental, it's not, well, that's just what happened, that, that uh, there were four different empires, different part, times in history that happened to be sent to Claudius from Tagalus. No, it's built into the framework of creation itself, part of Hashem's master plan. Is that the world's going to have these four evil empires that are going to send Kleist onto four exiles? And the, the, the biggest and most beautiful proof of this is the fact that the Maral cites the Medrash that uh, expands the second Pasuk in the Torah of the land, the world, the universe was desolate, empty, chaotic, out of control, dim, darkened, and <clears throat> there were waters covering the murky depths. The Medrash tells us that's referring to the four empires and the four exiles. So if that's there in Bereshus, that means it's part of what went into creating the world. It means it's part of Hashem's plan from the get-go. And that's part of the vision that Akash Baruch Hu has in creating the world, that there's going to be these four empires. And Maral took it further. Now what's, the, uh, what's the idea behind these four empires? The four empires are there what, they represent the flaw in the Bria. So he's been building up. Let's just let's just um, get back into uh, the the um, the scene as we left it off yesterday. The world, as when it's created, is created flawed. The world created imperfect. The world's created with imperfections, and these imperfections represent an imperfection in the fun in, in the foundation, the very fundamentals of the of the universe, and that is the four empires. Four empires represent. The, the pagam, the shortcomings, the flaws, and the defects in the Bria. How does that work? Why is it the four empires are the four flaws in the Bria? Because the Maral explained the Bria is here for one thing, one thing only. What's the purpose of the creation? Purpose of the universe is is to uh, project and advertise the perfection of the Creator with a capital C. That's what the world's all about. And the four empires actually represent four oppositions. And four things that get in the way of showing Hashem's glory and Hashem's perfection and Hashem's authority. And what we left off with, it was a very interesting take on that. Bavel, Parasimodai, Yavan, and Edom, the, the four respective empires of Babylon and the Persia, Persia Median Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, represents different ways of usurping Hashem's majesty and undermining Hashem's authority and competing with Hashem's glory. So, Babel is competing with Hashem Babeldik, Parasamadai is competing with Hashem Parasamadai, uh, Yavan is competing with Hashem Yavandik, and Adam competes with Hashem Yavandik, and then that reads, uh, uh, Adam Dik, in a Roman way, and that reads back ultimately into the Medrash, that the Tayu Vayu Chayshech HaPnei Sahayim is really Chazal and the Torah telling us that what is Babel's hijacking of the universe looks like, that looks like toihu. When you want to take the world away from just advertising 
the covered Shemayim, and your Bavel, so Bavel does that in a Toyudika way. Paras and Mali do that in a Boyudika way. And Yavan does that in a Choshechdika way. That's how they take the Bria away from its purpose of, of being Megalic Kvayt Shemayim, and that's Kvayt Yavan. Kvayt Yavan, how do you Megalic Kvayt Yavan? How do you make the universe into a device to project the glory of Yavan as opposed to the glory of Hashem? That is done with Choshech. How do you make the universe into a, a vehicle to promote and to advertise the glory of the Roman, the Western world, as opposed to the glory of Hashem? You do that through Tahoim, Tahoimdik, through these watery depths. So this is what we've seen thus far. And the question that we asked, which we, uh, there's still a number of unanswered questions over here. What is it? The morale said there's got to be something with the number four. There's four empires, four exiles, which are there to oppose Hashem, take away from from um, it's, uh, the four flaws, four fundamental flaws in the Briam, provide something I- I- instrumental and significant to the, with the number four, why four specifically, we haven't seen that yet. And then we asked, um, the Maral just presented us with an axiom that where these flaws and these imperfections, these defects in the Briah come from this idea that, that the Briah has to have a flaw. The Maral started off with this idea. Uh, the, the the world created by Hashem has to be imperfect, has to have a flaw. He said it again as as um, as a given, as a necessary fact of existence over here. And the question that we asked, which hasn't been answered yet, is why we, we would think the opposite. We would think it's a little counterintuitive. Hashem is the is all about shleimus. Hashem is all about perfection. Hashem is not capable of being imperfect. Why is that result in an an opposite? An opposite um, rule over here, which the Bria has to be, says the Maral, flawed, has to be imperfect. So these are some of the questions that still have to be addressed, but we're going to go further and see that the Maral is going to take this this uh, development of the whole subject matter further. And of course, it's all, of this, all of this eventually is going to come back to Hanukkah, because Hanukkah is all about Galus Yavan, the third of the four exiles, the third of the four monstrous beasts that we had in the beginning, the Maral quoted the Pesukim and Daniel, Daniel has four visions of four different beasts, so eventually it's going to bring us back to Hanukkah, hopefully we'll get there in time for Hanukkah, but in the meantime the Maral is laying the foundation over here for some for some epic ideas, so says the Maral further, he says like this, yeah, Lafisha HaMalchus, we'll go back a couple lines, the four empires represent four different flaws in the Bria because they diminish, they take away from the glory of Hashem. As we explained yesterday, we summarized again this morning, they take away from the glory of Hashem because they're competing with the glory of Hashem. They're promoting their own glory to replace Hashem's glory. They're hijacking the universe, as we said. Um, the world in being created should really be under the domain and the authority of Hashem. That's the most appropriate way, because it's created by Hashem. It should therefore be a vehicle to, to, to advertise the glory of its creator. Ultimately, after all, the Rebbe created everything. The ultimate ideal purpose of everything, being it was created by the ultimate creator with a capital C, should be there too, Reveal the glory of that Creator. Says the Maral once again, that's the theory. The theory is 
that the world should do nothing but promote and reveal the glory of Hashem. However, since the world cannot be created without flaws, the world cannot be created without shortcomings, that defects, not as a result of any chasham flaw in Hashem, it's not at the fault of Hashem, to the fault of Hashem, that the world is necessarily flawed. It can't be coming from anything that has to do with Hashem. That which the, the now we're returning a little bit to the what was raised yesterday and the questions we asked yesterday. Um, that which the world is, is necessarily flawed is not as a result of where the world came from. I, the defect in the creation has nothing to do with the creator, because Hashem, as a creator, is completely perfect and 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 um, flawless. Avil, so how does why is the Bria imperfect then? Was made, if it was made by a creator who is perfect and who is incapable of imperfection. The world, by definition, is imperfect. It's a product of the producer. There's a problem with the product, not a problem with the producer. This is the source for the defects and the problems, the flaws in the Bria is coming on uh, as a result of a problem with the product, not the producer. Shahoyu. And that's what allows these defects, these imperfections, the blemishes in the Brio are what allowed the four empires to gain strength and to, to establish their own authority. And this is in opposition to the glory of Hashem, the glory of Shemayim. Yeah. Um, okay, so... How did he answer the question? Sounds kind of like we're going in circles, and all uh, the questions is, um, what is the answer at the end of the day? And 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 how is this not like a logical impasse? Why is this not a paradox? It, it, and and how, is this just dogmatics? My Rao's just giving us, you know, dogma over here. This is just the way it is. It's almost what it sounds like. Again, let's like reiterate. Let's set up the steps again. Maral says the world is created in a way that's inherently flawed. The world is inherently um, um, lacking, has, 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 is defective, inherently defective. Those defects show up in the form of the four empires. Um, now, says Maral, the world came from Hashem, and it's not Hashem's fault that the world's created, because Hashem is not capable of, of anything that's imperfect, but it's, it's, the, it's the, the, the fault is on the, on, the, on the behalf, on the part of the world. So, but again, so let's just ask the question, though. Okay, but at the end of the day, so it's not Hashem's fault the world's imperfect, it's the world's fault it's imperfect. The creation's fault, but the creation came from the creator, and the creator is incapable of being imperfect. So how does a creator who's imperfect produce a product which is flawed? That's right. Like what's going on? He's just saying no. It's not Hashem's fault. It's the world's fault. The world has to be imperfect. Hashem is perfect, but it's the world's fault. Not but <laughs> the world didn't come about by itself, did it? I don't think so. I think God set it up that way. God set it up that way, but how and why? Why? And what's going on? How does God, who's it was. Perfect and incapable of imperfection. I ask you, you the question. How do we unravel this logical, this logical logic problem over here? So it's like this. So let's get into the kishkas or the maral saying. Now Arthur is certainly right that God set up that way, but how and why? That, that's the right. What's the lumdus? How's it working, lumdus? How's it working, lumdus? So million dollar question. Million dollar question. That's right. That's right. Million yen question. Yes. So. So, so it's like this. Hashem is the creator with a capital C, and he's 
perfect, and he's incapable of being imperfect. Mm-hmm. He's incapable of imperfection. We had this in the beginning of Derech Hashem. Rabbi Hashem is so perfect, he can't do anything imperfect. He's so perfect, he cannot be flawed. So perfect, there can't be anything defective. Even if he wants to. Even if he wants to. Even if Hashem wanted to be imperfect, he can't. It's impossible. Impossible. We had this in the beginning of Derech Hashem, right? The very opening parak of Derech Hashem is all about this. Even if Hashem would want to make himself imperfect, it's impossible. That's how perfect he is. He's so perfect, he can't make himself imperfect. He can't. You know, like the age-old question, I don't want to bring this up again now, because because we brought this up in Derech Hashem, and we brought this up many times, but I'm going to bring it up again anyway, for all our new listeners out there in WhatsApp land. Um, you know, the Koifrim, the, the, the Api Karsim, the Api Karsim, the heretics like to ask these clever questions. They stop you on the street, and they say, hey, buddy, can God make a square circle? Or they ask more clever questions, say, can God make a rock that he can't pick up? Or there's a better one. Can God make a bowl of chalant that he can't eat? Can God make a bowl of chalant that he can't eat? Right? So, so that's how they like to get you. You're like, hmm, well, I'm, that's a good question. I never thought about that. Can God make a bowl of chalant that he can't eat? So, aha! See, it's all fake. None of this is true. None of this is true. Because you can't answer my questions. Can God make a rock he can't pick up? Gosh, maybe he can, but if he can, then he can't pick it up. And if he can't pick it up, he's imperfect. But if he can't make a rack that he can't pick up, he tells him that, aha, you see, you see, it's all fake. It's all phony. It's all out of paper wash. So he's great, crazy people, right? Um, silly people. Silly people that came up with, like, questions that, that are, like, you know, silly questions that are disguised as, as, as clever questions. But it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's really dim-witted people. Dim-witted people like to ask questions like this. People who... Who, uh, who, who confuse um, clever-sounding questions for cl- questions that are actually clever questions, questions that on the surface look, look, look challenging. They confuse us with questions that really have substance to them. But, but if, the answer is no. Hashem cannot make a rack that he can't pick up. That's the real answer. Hashem can't make a bowl of chalent that he can't eat because to do something that, pre- that limits himself is an imperfection. And Hashem can't be imperfect. Hashem can't... Do anything that is that is that is that is, limits himself. So that's the real answer. But but uh, but getting back to the morale and, and, and to our question. So if the Bria is imperfect and Hashem is perfect, how can Hashem make something that's imperfect? The answer is. The answer is. <clears throat> can Hashem make another Hashem? Let's ask another question first. Can Hashem duplicate himself? You no, know, go into the Calvin and Hobbes box. And make another Hashem. Can Hashem, can Hashem make another Hashem? Arthur is shaking his head vigorously. No, he can't. Arthur's right. Hashem can't make another Hashem. Why not? Well, Hashem is lonely. He wants to make another Hashem. Can he do that? Because he's the one and only. Arthur, you said it better than I ever could have possibly said that. You're right. That it gets a double hand handshake. He's the one and only. Hashem is the one and only. And what Arthur means is part of the definition of Hashem is Hashem is. Hashem is unique. Hashem is singular. Hashem is the only Hashem. For Hashem to be able to make another Hashem would be a contradiction to what Hashem is. If Hashem could make another Hashem, that means it's possible for there to be another Hashem. If there's a possibility of being a second Hashem, that takes away from the definition of what Hashem is. Right? There could be another Hashem, then Hashem is not unique anymore. There can only be one, one Hashem. That would be a flaw in Hashem if there could, Hashem can make another Hashem. So Hashem can't make another Hashem. There's no room. The definition of Hashem does not allow for the possibility of another Hashem. 
That being the case, let's take that further. Anything outside of Hashem can never be perfect. Anything that's going to be outside, so to speak, of the concept, of the notion, of the existence, of the essence of the Rebbein cannot have shlameless, cannot have perfection, because if anything outside of Hashem has perfection, then we have competition with Hashem, and it's impossible for there to be competition with Hashem. You can't have anything outside of Hashem that has shlameless, that has perfection, because Hashem is the one and only existence that has shlameless, has perfection. The moment there's going to be anything outside the Rebbein call it a universe, call it a Bria, it has to have inherent flaws and imperfections. That's the only way something can exist outside of Hashem. So to turn the whole thing around, the question that we asked was, if Hashem is perfect, how can He make something that's imperfect? The answer is no, we flipped that all around. It's, it's fakir. The only way something can ever be created is if it's flawed, is if it has imperfections, if it is capable of being defective. That's the only way it could exist. So, in other words, Hashem cannot create a perfect thing? Correct. Something that's perfect in all forms of perfection. That's right, because then... That, that would have been another Hashem. That's right. Exactly. Therefore, if Hashem makes a Bria, Hashem creates a world outside of Himself, by definition, the Bria has to have flaws, has to have imperfections. And that imperfection takes the form of something that looks and something that appears to be the absence of Hashem. That's the imperfection. Something that appears to be not Hashem, the, the, the lack of Hashem, the absence of Hashem, and that is the ultimate um, imperfection. And that is the source of all imperfection when there's something that looks like it's not Hashem. And if we take this further, then we're getting into very, very, very deep waters over here, very deep ideas. We're getting really into the kishkas of the kishkas, of the kishkas, of the of piece of the Ma'aral. Um, the, the, um, the um, creation of anything outside of Hashem, really, if you think about it also, is really should be an impossibility. How does Hashem was completely perfect and, and completely one and singular, how can there be anything outside of Hashem altogether? How could there be anything else? How could there be, right? Everyone, this is a basic philosophical question. Hashkafic question, philosophical question. How could there be anything outside Hashem? So the answer is, it really shouldn't work. But the only way it does work is by having a starting point, a foundation of an absence of Hashem. Now, don't think about that too much, because this is already, we're approaching the Mishnayis in Chagiga that tell us that you're not allowed to think about these things. Um, so they have to draw a line, like how did that get off the ground? How did that get, you know, how did how did that start altogether? But we can't go there. But 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 the, the idea is emes v'yatsev and If you think about it, the only way it's possible to create anything, and creating something means that there should be something outside of Hashem, is by starting off with a, a notion of that it's possible for there to be an absence of God, and that that was what allows us to exist, that's what allows a breed to exist, the, the concept, the possibility of an absence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but that's the greatest flaw. That's the greatest chisarin, that's the greatest imperfection, is that you can have a lack of Hashem. And that's the shayrish for the four empires. Each of the four empires is continuing that, is grabbing that torch, that baton, of a lack of Hashem, a lack of Hashem, a lack of Hashem, a lack of Hashem, and Babel does that in their way. Toyhudik. And Parzimadai, Persian Median Empire, they do it. Bayhudik, the lack of Hashem. And Yavan Greece does that. Yavandik, they do that through Chayshech, a lack of Hashem. 
and Edom, the Western world is doing that to Heimdik. But it's all continuing the original flaw in the Bri, the original defect in the Bri, which is what allows the whole Bri to exist, which is the notion of an absence of Hashem, which is the imperfection of the Bria, the grace imperfection of the Bria, and the imperfection uh, in the Bria that allows there to be a Bria. Okay? Everybody got that? What's about the Gula? Oh, so that is restoring, that, 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 is, that is bringing everything full circle. So I believe what, what Yisrael is asking is, okay, this is very nice right now, that's how you can have a Bria, because there's a Chisarn, but in Yonai Sashich, Geula, Geula is all about restoring the presence of Hashem to the, where there was absence, bringing the world full circle, as we had recently in Evan Shleima, um, bring perfection back to imperfection. Yes, so, so um, how is that going to work then? How, how can you have something outside of Hashem that's imperfect? How can you have that? The Teretz is, it, it works because it started off imperfect. It had a Yechilus to be imperfect. The fact that it was had the capability of being imperfect and then it achieved perfection through a series of steps, that's what allows the whole system to function, that's what allows the system to arrive at perfection because it had the ability to be imperfect, which, which is how it starts and which is still um, not like Hashem because Hashem is perfect and Hashem is not capable of being imperfect Hashem was never capable of being imperfect. Whereas the Bria, even when it achieves perfection, um, like we had in, in Evan Shleima, um, what you're doing is you're taking something imperfect and, and, and you're, you're improving it. You're improving it. So even though it achieves the state of perfection, but per- perpetuity, it was based on a foundation of imperfection and that's what makes allows it to continue to exist. Okay, that's a lot for today. We're going to stop over here. There's a lot to digest over here. There's a lot to let percolate. If we would go any further, we'd have to put up another pot of coffee and you have to go. So everyone should have a wonderful day. Be good bench. And only simchas. Thank you all for, for the for coming out to participate in the simcha last night. We should have many, many more simchas to celebrate together.